Hello, fellow Rebel Capitalists. Hope you're well. I wanted to go over a quick thought experiment this morning and show you how I think the stock market could go down by 90%. And you say, of course, George, there's a 0.000001% probability of anything happening on Earth. I think it's actually a high enough percentage that you should consider or this should be on your radar. You should give this some mental bandwidth. Let me show you exactly what I'm referring to. We're going to start by going over a chart of the near-term forward spread. Now, for those of you who are new to the channel, this is basically the Fed's yield curve that they pay the most attention to. And it's simply just showing you the current yield for the three-month treasury versus the three-month treasury yield projected out eight mo 18 months into the future. So I, I'm assuming they're doing this with futures. You know, what are the what is the smart money doing? What are they predicting interest rates will be on the three-month treasury 18 months from now? And then let's just say that's uh so let me give you a quick example here. Let's just say that the three-month treasury right now is trading at five percent. Well, if the market is saying that the three-month treasury in 18 months will trade two percentage points lower, 200 basis points lower, that means the market is predicting that within 18 months, the three-month treasury will be trading at, call it 3%, roughly. So that's how this works. And we can see that the near-term forward spread is massively inverted. And I would argue that it's uh, the most that we've ever seen in history. Now, you can say, George, well, back here in the 1980s, early 80s, Volcker, we got to a negative 4%. Right, but that's when interest rates were at 20%. <laughs> so the market was saying that it goes from 20 to 16. Okay, is, is that bad? I mean, some may argue that, well, that's actually a good thing. <laughs> that's a positive. That's bullish for the stock market. Exact same thing back here in the 1970s when we saw a, a similar inversion of, call it 2%. All right, now, uh, rates back then weren't 20%, but they were way higher than they are today. And at the top of my head, I'd guess they were in the uh, 8 to 10% range, something like that. I'd have to pull up a chart. But uh, the, the point is, okay, if the market is predicting that the three-month treasury yield is going to go from 10% up to, or excuse me, down by 200 basis points, and Fed funds... As at, is it 10%? You could argue, okay, that, that, that might, might not be too bad. But if Fed funds is at 5%, which is right about the average, in fact, a little under the average, and it's saying that Jerome Powell is going to reduce rates by, call it 200 plus basis points over the next 18 months, and Powell wants to be remembered as Paul Volcker, definitely not Arthur Burns. This tells you that the market is predicting something cataclysmic. It's predicting a crisis. Uh, to put it mildly, it's predicting a hard landing because you've got to think. So again, let's go back to Paul Volcker, right? So the market back then was saying that uh, the three-month treasury yield is going to go down by 4%. Okay. Again, Fed funds, let's call it 20%. So then you'd have to ask yourself, okay, what would cause Paul Volcker to drop rates by 
four percentage points. And I know this isn't predicting Fed funds, but we're just kind of using a three months as a proxy there. Well, you'd say, okay, inflation is coming down. Uh, he's he's broke the back of inflation. Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> but now it's a completely different conclusion. When you would ask yourself, what would cause Jerome Powell to drop rates by 2%? It's not, yay, we've beat inflation. No, 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 because that would make him pause. What would make him drop by 200 basis points, if not more, in the next 18 months is not just inflation mildly kind of trending down from 4.9 to 4.4 to to 3.9 to 3.7 this nice soft landing now that's not going to get uh, that's not going to get Powell to drop by 200 basis points so i think you get my point here and it, i'm it, you know don't shoot the messenger this isn't me saying this this is the market this is the smart money okay now let's also point out the fact that commodities have been crashing and uh, most specifically, Dr. Copper. And for those of you who are familiar with the markets, you know that usually this predicts a recession or economic slowdown. You combine this with oil and you let's just go to CNBC right now and take a look at oil prices. So we pull up a chart of oil. We can see it's at $72. And as most of you guys know from watching my videos or just following the news, uh, that it really went up, uh, let's see here, back, call it April, middle of April. Why? Because OPEC came out and announced that they were going to cut about 100, excuse me, about a million barrels a day. They're making a production cut. Now, what a lot of people said is, oh, that's kind of giving the middle finger to Biden. Uh, not really. Uh, what they're most likely doing is they could see the tea leaves or they could read the tea leaves. They could see the writing on the wall. And they knew that, okay, we've got this boots on the ground information. We know that demand is going to be crashing because of an economic slowdown, which is going to prompt Jerome Powell to drop rates, go straight back to the near-term forward spread and many other yield curves. And they tried to front run that lack of demand to buoy the price and we can see since they did that, you know, everyone thought that oil was going to go to 120 a barrel here. But what did it do? It dropped straight down. And now it's even lower than it was before, $72 a barrel. And just the other day, it got down to 68, got sub 70 again. So this is the market saying, hey, we, we understand that there's a massive supply issue in the oil market. We understand that this is not a short-term problem. This is a long-term problem but we are still selling more oil than we're buying because we see massive demand destruction coming, let's just say within the next six months, the next nine months, something like that. So I think the very interesting question, because if things just keep going the way they're going right now, obviously Jerome Powell isn't going to drop rates back down to 3% or 0% or whatever, right? He's just going to pause and business as usual. We'll just wait and see how things play out. And if nothing happens, if we just keep trending unemployment rate low, inflation trending down, then he's most likely not going to drop rates at all. Why would he? Uh, again, rates aren't historically high right now. If anything, they're slightly below average. So he'd just keep rates at 5, 5.25% and sail off into the sunset. Job well done. But again, that's not what the market is predicting. That tells us that something has to happen in the next 
call it six months, nine months, some sort of catalyst that we cannot see right now. And whether you want to call that a financial crisis, uh, economic collapse, black swan, hard landing, whatever you want to call it, so, something that, that we, we go right back to, let's just say, September, August of 2019, when the twos and tens inverted. That was the market saying something bad is going to happen. Now, we, we don't know what it is, and very few people would have said, aha, I'll bet you the reason the twos and tens are inverting is because we're going to have the Cerveza sickness. We're going to have a global pandemic, right? I definitely wasn't saying that. That was, that was not on my bingo card, but sure enough, it comes up. And what's fascinating is when you listen to people like Brett Weinstein, who have really put some thought into this, it's, it's his assertion, his base case, is that the Cerveza sickness was actually discovered right around the summer or leading into the fall of 2019, not in January, February, March of 2020. And it almost perfectly lines up with not just the yield curve inversion, but also the spike in repo. Remember that? Went up by 10% or went up to about 10% in one day. That was uh, September 2019. So my, and I have no proof for this, obviously, other than the fact that if you look at the yield curve inversions, that's almost 100% accurate. And then the smart money is, in terms of these money markets, in terms of these curves, has a massive, uh, is very, very powerful. And like I said, it, it's, it has incredible predictive um, capabilities. Okay, so we, we realize this. So what we have to do when we understand that it has these predictive capabilities is say, it, it, for, for me, that has to be your base case. You can't just set that aside and say, well, it's happened every single time since the 1950s, but this time it's going to be completely different. Mm, maybe, absolutely. But for me, that, that's a very low probable outcome. So it goes back to this question of what are we not seeing? And I think that the insiders have information that we don't have. You know, it reminds me of going back to uh, January or so uh, of 2020. That's when I started doing videos on the Cerveza sickness and that this could be a huge black swan here. This could be a massive event. And I got that from watching Chris Martinson and, and my good buddy Eric Townsend on Macro Voices. But um, I remember seeing it was Davos or it was some one of those events. And I remember seeing Paul Tudor Jones interviewed on CNBC. And he was talking about the Cerveza sickness. And everyone there was kind of, ah, what? China? Wuhan? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. A anyway, what, what do you think is going to happen to Bitcoin? Or, you know, whatever they asked him. But he was like, no, no, you guys under need to understand, this is a big deal. So Paul Tudor Jones would definitely represent a global elite insider. So if these insiders are getting this information way before everyone else, which I don't know for sure, but that would just be common sense, <laughs> right? Me using common sense. They've already got the insider information and have re been receiving it over the next six months as to what this catalyst most likely will be. So if, if I had a, if you had a heart to heart right now with George Soros 
<laughs> or, or Bill Gates or Jamie Dimon, something like that. Although they might not admit it right now, but you sit them down and give them a few whiskeys. And I think they'd tell you that, oh yeah, the market, this is where, this is the catalyst. This is the trigger that you guys just don't see. That's not on your horizon. This is what all the insiders are talking about right now. Okay, so then the question for the average Joes like us is to try to put a list of things together that may fall into this category, such as World War III. That's a no-brainer. And obviously what's happening with Russia, Ukraine, the United States, China, Taiwan, spy balloons, etc. Although I think, hopefully... You know, the probability is low that the probability is way higher than it has been since, call it, what, the last 40 years? And I would say that the probability is definitely high enough to the point where we should consider it a potential black swan event that would cause Jerome Powell to drop rates by as much as the smart money the insiders are predicting. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Let me go over to Twitter. And uh, if, if you guys aren't following uh, Spencer, definitely got to give him a follow. Uh, he's very bullish on Bitcoin, <laughs> to say the least. And he's got some uh, definitely outside-of-the-box views. And uh, Spencer's a good kid. He was at Rebel Capitalist Live with Peter, and he was there uh, talking to a lot of the attendees. And I know he... Uh, and and Lynn, we're talking quite a bit, and uh, it, and what's interesting is that uh, Spencer has some views that are not just the complete opposite of Peter, but the polar opposite. And I'm not talking about Bitcoin versus gold. Here's one right here, and this is what was retweeted by uh, my good buddy Brent Johnson. But here's uh, Spencer just the other day. AI has been around for a while, but it's rapidly improving. We're on the verge of AGI and ASI is expected to come soon. Now, I'm not sure ex you guys probably know what this is, but I think this is kind of like uh, Bitcoin hyperization. That's the right word for AI. Like you're going to get to a point where it just happens overnight. Annual real GDP growth is imminently going to surpass 10% and it won't take long to reach 100% or one thousand percent 
<laughs> you compare that to Peter's views, and uh, it makes for an interesting discussion at uh, Thanksgiving dinner. Right? <laughs> uh, but that's not his only view. He also talks about hyper, not inflation, but hyper deflation. This is his base case. But he's expecting AI this this event to where AI goes exponential. And it happens quickly within the next, I don't know, call it six months or year. Now he goes on, and I, I gotta share this with you because this is absolutely <laughs> this is awesome. So now he I think he was uh, responding to uh Brent or something like that. And he says he's wildly bullish with one major caveat. I think there's a significant chance of human extinction over the next few years. Oh, but wait, there is more. (laughs) The entire solar system might be facing imminent obliteration. And I absolutely love this guy's (laughs) retweet right here. He says, so... You're bullish with tail risk of galactic genocide. <laughs> uh, it's great because they can't make comedies anymore as far as movies because this whole woke movement, right? But at least we have Twitter. At least we have this decentralized humor that we can all enjoy. But I'm not here to uh, make fun of, of Spencer. If anything, just the complete opposite here and point out maybe... Maybe this is one of these black swans along with World War III that we should be thinking about, that we should be focused on. So now I'm not saying that in the next six months, the robots and the AI is going to eradicate the human race. That's that's not what I'm talking about here. But actually, before I get to that point, here's Spencer. So he's talking about the uh, significant chance of human extinction. He says that... uh, bullish with tail risk of galactic genocide. And he responds by saying, I'm confident that's going to be a mainstream macro thesis soon. So let's actually take that seriously for a moment. Now, go back to the GFC. Go back to the Cervasa sickness. This didn't hit the market all at once, especially the GFC, right? Bernanke comes out and says that subprime is contained. Well, we all know that wasn't true. My point is that we knew about the subprime market prior to Lehman Brothers, prior to the global financial meltdown that brought the S&P down, I think it was 50% plus. I think it brought it down to sub 700 and it's 4,200 roughly right now. So these things, it's like the market has to digest these things. And initially, it just kind of blows it off. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, no problem. But then the market thinks about it. It's like, well, wait a minute here. If subprime blows up, then that means mortgage-backed securities. Then that means banks' balance sheets. Then that means insurance. That means CDS. That means AIG. Holy S. And then it's sell, 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 and you get Jim Jim Cramer having a, a mental breakdown on CNBC. So it's 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 almost like that bankruptcy thing where it happens very slowly and then boom, all at once. So again, I'm not suggesting that AI is going to, you know, the robots, we're going to have Terminator 
three or whatever, or whatever number we're on in the next six months. That's not what I'm saying. But let's just assume for a moment that AI has this exponential increase in ability, like Spencer's talking about, over the next six months. And let's just say that in three months, something happens to where the market starts connecting the dots and has that, oh, crap moment, just like they did with the Cerveza sickness, just like they did with the GFC. So as an example, and I, I don't know if this is even possible. You guys probably know a lot more about AI than I do. But let's just assume for a moment that you have a police car in, you know, you know, name the city, Dallas or something like that, that just, when it, and the market finds out that that police car was somehow taken over by artificial intelligence, you know, chat GPT or something like that, right? Or, you know, it's something small. That's my point. And I don't even know if that's possible, but I'm just using that as an example to where this news story comes out and it's something small. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. No one programmed it to do that. And now all of a sudden it did that on its own. Okay. And so the market starts to digest that. And then maybe something else happens that's small, no big deal. It's not like Terminator 4 here, but something small that shows that, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. Now AI is starting to make decisions on its own. We're not having to prompt it. We don't have to be proactive. Now it's doing this all by itself. No one did that or no one asked it to do that. It made that decision on its own. So I don't know if you want to call that consciousness I don't know if you want to call that being self-aware. I, I, I don't know. And I'm not even saying that it would be, but just something happens where, or two or three things happen within the span of a month and the market digests that and then connects the dots. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. If it's done that, then it could do this again, just like the GFC, right? And if it could do this, then in five years, it could do this, this, and this. And they have that, oh crap moment and then they sell everything. Maybe that is what the insiders know right now. Maybe that's why they're buying the long end of the curve. Maybe that's why they're hedging their long portfolio because they might not know if it's 100%, but maybe it's 50%, maybe it's 30% probability because of the other insiders that they talk to. And therefore, they're like, listen, we can't take this risk because if this happens, the market is going to completely melt down, down 50%, 60%, maybe 90%, right? Because this could, I mean, this isn't just mortgage-backed securities, the end of the banking system. This could be the end of the human race. Again, low probability, right? But the but people would sell, people would have that panic selling nonetheless. And so... the. These are probably the, uh, actually, there's three things. I'm glad I wrote this down. Usually I don't write this stuff down. Another thing that I think could lead to uh, this black swan type event that could prompt Jerome Powell to do what the market is predicting is uh, social unrest. Now, I've talked a lot about this over the last couple of days. You guys most likely have seen some of those videos. I'm not going to go over that again as far as my experience in the United States. But let's think about this through the lens of AI. Now, if I was a nefarious actor, 
if I wanted to create a civil war in the United States, I don't think that would be tough. Like if I'm China and I really want to create chaos within the United States, I think now with deep fakes and artificial intelligence, that could be that would actually be very easy, especially considering the fact that the U.S. society is primed for just complete hysteria, right? They are they are literally on the edge in these urban areas, and we see this in airports. You know, just melee brawls, fights. We see this at I witnessed it firsthand. It just the, the Walmart, for heaven's sakes, in Fort Lauderdale. But people are just on edge there psychologically. And in my opinion, you know, 30% of the population is about ready to snap at any given time, just go completely postal. And I would also point to all the shootings you have, right? Is that not an indication? Definitely not a nothing burger, for heaven's sakes, right? People are on edge. So think about what you can do with deep fakes. You can, I mean, last night, as an example, I just, I don't even know how I, uh, I was thinking about this video, this one that I'm doing right now. And I went on and saw some uh, deep fakes of Michael Jackson. I was like, you know, a lot of these things, as you guys know, there's no way you could tell that that was fake. And that's right now. So if we get this exponential increase in AI ability over the next six months, think about what a deep fake will look like, not six years from now, but three months, four months, five months, six months from now. And if you're the Chinese government, the Chinese Communist Party, you're telling me that that you're not going to use that to create massive chaos in the United States? And for heaven's sakes, they, they basically run TikTok. And so what I'm talking about here is let's go back to uh, Jesse Smollett or whatever the hell his name is. You guys remember this, this clown, right? He sets up his own, uh, this basically a, a fake of him getting beat up just to try to add fuel to the fire of, let's just call it racial tensions. Okay, well, let's think about George Floyd. Look what that did. Okay, so now let's think about the CCP creating hundreds of George Floyd-like videos. Now you say, oh, George, well, we'd be able to tell that they're fake. <laughs> maybe maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. I'm sure you'd be able to verify, but how long does that take? And if all of these are coming out on social media from all these accounts through all these AI bots, and there's no way to determine initially if they're real or they're not, I mean, you could have the United States, you could have literally American citizens shooting each other. You could have race wars, race riot. I mean, you could, it, it, this would be insane because you'd not only create the George Floyd type deep fakes, but you'd also create the opposite. So there you're pissing off all, not all, but you're pissing off the, uh, I'm just going to use very broad statements and say the black community, right? But then you also make deep fakes that would piss off the, the the white community, the Asian community, the the conservatives, the uh, the the liberals, the progressives. You know, you could you could make deep fakes of people. Um, you know, straight white guys beating up trans people, and then you can make deep fakes of uh, of uh, you know a, a store like Target. You know, pro- promoting uh, th- these trans issues to kids. You know, obviously that's not too original. That already happened. 
but you you see where I'm going with this, right? So we don't even need the robots. We don't even need Terminator 4. All we need is for a government to come in and leverage this exponential ability of artificial intelligence to completely rip apart the social fabric of the United States, and we do it to ourselves. I mean, let's not forget War of the Worlds. For you young people, you probably don't remember what that that, that, that was. And um, I think it was the 1920s, 1930s. But basically, back then, you just had radio. And they started, uh, and the main announcer, can't recall his name, but he was reading this fictional story about how aliens had invaded Earth. But people thought it was real, like a deep fake. And they started freaking out. <laughs> like 20 minutes into the thing, they say, whoa, 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 go out there and say, guys, this isn't real. All right. Well, they were just telling a story. They didn't have any nefarious intentions. But what if they did? And what if they could leverage what we now have to not just today, but what we will have in three months, four months, five months, six months, assuming this exponential growth in the ability of artificial intelligence? For me, those are the three things that I'm probably, if, if you had to say, George, what are your three highest uh, convictions as far as what would be a black swan that would prompt Jerome Powell to drop to 0% interest rates, you know, Fed funds in the next 18 months or so, that would be my top three. And so I just wanted to share that with you guys because I definitely think it's worth giving some mental bandwidth to and trying to think through how we will interact with AI and um, and how this could be a, a huge windfall for society. I mean, who knows? Maybe it, uh, it helps us create free energy, right? Maybe it cures cancer. You never know. But maybe it does something along these lines, which would line up with exactly what all these money curves such as the Fed's own yield curve, the near-term forward spread, is predicting. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. See you in the next video.